This is today's reading for the Vermilion Valley Vineyard Audio Devotional Book. Walking with Jesus. This devotional is from Gail Collins, and it is based on the scriptures. Matthew 5 verses 17 to 42, Mark 9 verses 43 to 48, Luke 16 verses 16 to 30. In the book of Matthew, chapter 5, Jesus begins the Sermon on the Mount and the teaching of the Beatitudes. We love to watch movies that depicts Jesus telling us how blessed we are and the redemption we are promised to receive as a follower of Christ. Those words bring comfort and hope. Then suddenly that sermon turns to one that examines us to the depths of our souls. It's like God pulls out a magnifying glass and finds the tiniest defects. Murder, adultery, divorce, eye for an eye. What happened to the blessings of the Beatitudes? Jesus made it clear that the law is still important and all of the law will be fulfilled. These scriptures challenge our ability to keep the law even to our very thoughts. And this challenge was given by Jesus himself. The impossibility of humans keeping the law makes us surrender to our only hope of salvation, Jesus the perfect lawkeeper. Then in Mark chapter 9 verses 43 to 48, we are told to cut off body parts that have caused us to sin that it is better to enter eternal life maimed than go into hell with a complete body. Would cutting off an arm or a leg keep us from breaking the law? Would plucking out an eye keep us from picturing lustful things in our minds and hearts? The root of these sinful things goes much deeper than our physical body parts. We need to tear out the roots of sinful thoughts and actions. When we allow these weeds to take root, they spread quickly and choke out the good things God has planted in our lives. We need to stop cooperating with the enemy and chop off or pluck out anything that is hindering the growth of healthy relationships, habits, and goals. The enemy's plan is to steal, kill, and destroy. God's plans are to give us abundant life which includes love, peace, joy, grace, mercy, provision, health, family, friends, and so much more. Then in Luke chapter 16 verses 16 to 17 we are told how important the law is that it is easier for heaven and earth to disappear than for the least stroke of a pen to drop out of the law. A capital L is used like a proper name that is living and active and can't be ignored. The law still has to be obeyed slash fulfilled even when grace slash mercy has been paid. A judge must hand down a sentence because the law has been broken and the offender needs to be punished. But when we are about to be put in handcuffs and carted away, Jesus turns the bailiff away from us and puts his own wrists in the cuffs. He allows himself to be put in the cell on death row. He did all of this before we were even aware of it. Before we knew that our record had been expunged. Before we knew we would be told we are free to go. Once we are aware that we no longer have criminal charges against us, it is our responsibility to accept the resolution of our case. The required penalty has been fulfilled. The judge sits at his bench giving his expectations before we go back out into society. He asks us to carefully consider what miraculous thing has just happened to us. He advises us to not ever return to the actions that got us here in the first place. He has granted us a taste of true freedom again. There is no one else to step in our place to take our punishment again. As it says in Hebrews 6, for dash 6 it is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted of the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, 
who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age, if they fall away, to be brought back to repentance, because to their loss they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. God's grace was free to us, but priceless to the Father. It cost Jesus his life. If we choose to keep on sinning and abuse this grace, we essentially tell God we don't want to abide by the covenant-slash-agreement. Thus, the verses in Luke chapter 16 continue at verse 18 where the Lord discusses divorce and the committing of adultery. Even though there are legitimate reasons for divorce, there are real effects when we choose that path. Just as in a marriage, we have to remain in the covenant. We can't allow in things that sever the one flesh back into two. God is a jealous God. He is jealous for us and wants to remain in covenant with us. Our part in the covenant includes staying in relationship with our betrothed. Resisting the devil so he will flee no matter how many times he comes back dangling a new shiny apple. Then in Luke 16 verses 19 to 30, Jesus continues with the story of Lazarus and the rich man. We are never given the rich man's name, but we get a picture of his status. Dressed in purple, the color of royalty, and fine linen. He was an A-lister slash elite of his day. He walked daily past Lazarus, who sat outside the rich man's gate. Lazarus is poor, hungry and covered in sores that dogs came and licked. Lazarus longed for scraps of food from the rich man's table. It is doubtful the rich man ever laid eyes on Lazarus. Then Lazarus died and was taken to the side of Father Abraham in paradise. The rich man also died and was in torment in hell. Now he did lay eyes on Lazarus and begged Abraham to have him come give him a drip of cool water to cool his tongue. Why ask Lazarus to do it and not Abraham himself? Abraham reminds the rich man of the good life he lived while on the earth and how Lazarus lived in agony. They spoke across a great chasm slash gorge that was set between paradise and hell. Those in paradise could see the agony of those in hell but chasm prevented from going to help them. The rich man realizes he is forever lost and again begs for Lazarus to do something for him. To rise from the dead and warn his family so they will repent. The rich man had daily opportunities to help Lazarus but chose to ignore him. Why did Jesus tell this story? Was it to teach us that when we are comfortable with our lives, we may be enjoying the best we will ever know? That our blessings are meant to be used to relieve others' agony? Was it also to teach the absolute separation from the source of life if we refuse the invitation to follow him? It is definitely a very sobering story that will make us examine how we treat the least of these spoken of in Matthew 25 verse 40. Jesus did rise from the dead and has warned us of the place of torment. Let us look for those who are poor, hungry, and covered in sores. Let us shoo the dogs away and take them to eat more than scraps from our tables. Let us clothe them, befriend them and give them a cool drink. Lord Jesus, thank you that you came to warn us of living for ourselves and the joy that awaits us when we trust in you. Amen.